0: Welcome to the Zone Informer Podcast. I am your host, Alfred Tavex. And yes, you can see my beautiful face better now because I have a new webcam. So you see all the imperfections and stuff. It's great. Uh, joined today... How handsome. I am... Uh, as always, joined by my wonderful co-host, Canada's main export, Andy Spiteri.
1: Hello, Go Flames Go!
0: And today we have a special guest who's one of our staff members here at Zelda Informer slash Zelda Dungeon, uh, Jared. Hello. So today we're going to talk about uh, a few things, um, as as we always do. Um, but first, one of the biggest things to have come out uh, news-wise, We typically we haven't <coughs> talked about news in a while, but this is something that we can get a good discussion out of. Um, during the Nintendo Direct, I think it was last Wednesday, <clears throat> uh, we learned that there are going to be three new Amiibo. And there's going to be a like, uh, uh, Young young Link one from Majora's Mask, um, and then there's going to be, a, I think it's like a Skyward Sword one. Skyward Sword yes. and Twilight, oh, Twilight Princess, Princess. Yeah. And uh, Andy made the point, I think it was either in the chat or in one of uh, a daily debate about it, is they all kind of look samey um that there's really no variation between well
1: kind of yeah like uh like i was actually just uh i made it in both actually i was just scrolling through the comments in the daily debate before we started recording and uh yeah i don't know like when i first saw them i mean i was pretty pumped because you know zelda amiibo yeah uh, you know i'm all for that uh but like like afterwards when you look it's like green tunic link green tunic link green tunic link all holding a sword you know um, I mean, the only thing that's different, I guess, is that the young Link has the mask with a the- Goron mask. Yeah. yeah.
0: I mean, it's just it's weird that they're. You know, we could. We, it would have
1: been nice to get like a Fierce Deity Link or something like that. Or, well, that was kind of my point. I mean, like the Amiibos are fine. It's just, um you have in Jorah's mask, so you could have had the Fierce Deity. You could have... Uh, I mean, you could have even had, like, a Majora amiibo. But if you're going to stick with Link, you could have had Fierce Duty. You could have went uh, with Skyward Sword. You could have had him, like, maybe playing the harp or just something a little bit different rather than holding the sword. And, I mean, I don't think you needed another Twilight Princess amiibo at all. I would have I would have liked to see Link Between Worlds, Link, because he looked pretty cool, I think.
0: Mm-hmm. Was a... Uh... I might... Yeah, the, the Twilight Princess Link, th- those are all based off of their official art. Um... So like the Skyward Sword Amiibo is based off of some of the promotional art, um, and the same thing with okay. the other two. Um, Skyward Sword's link, Skyward Sword Link's face looks kind of weird to me. Um,
1: I think that it always did in the artwork. That's true. And like, so the important thing to note about that too is like when you have the artwork, um. They all have like like a different like slight artistic style when you're looking at the artwork, but when you bring that to life and you put it in an amiibo, they they kind of blend a little bit more because they all have that same I don't know kind of feel to them that that's lost in translation from going from paper to to amiibo. At least I, I thought. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, Personally,
2: it would have been. Bit more fan of like they switched up some of the costumes at the very least for for the twilight princess link and the skyward sword link
1: Mm -hmm.
2: like i wouldn't i wouldn't mind if it was a uh, link's outfit at the beginning of skyward sword where he was just a regular student at the um at the academy or twilight link yeah uh, exactly his like ranch outfit like Mm -hmm. i thought those would be cool
0: yeah i I agree with that like it's it's weird because you look back at the the second wave i guess you can call it a uh Link Amiibo where you or Zelda Amiibo where you have uh it was Toon Link and Toon Zelda, and then Ocarina of Time Link, and what was the other one? Was it another young link?
2: I think it it was eight-bit link. 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 That's
0: right.
2: Yeah, same style as the uh, retro Mario. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Now, and those were all based on official artwork too. Uh, maybe not eight-bit link, but like they all look distinctly different enough to the point where you know, when I got them all, I'm looking at them right now. As a matter of fact, and they all look unique. Where those other ones sort of blend together, because like I'm looking at my Zelda amiibos and like put in three extra green tunic links, and that's a lot of. Yeah. Link that was my
0: point, is that the Ocarina of Time Link Amiibo is already, like, a green tunic, and then you already have the Twilight Princess one from Smash Brothers. Um
1: And you have a Tune Link from Smash too. Yeah,
0: and so you, you have, like, you already have these, like, the same, samey looking Amiibo. It's just weird that mm-hmm. they would go ahead, I mean, not saying that it's a laziness on their part, because obviously they had to go into 3D modeling them and, and rendering them in, in a way that they could make them into figurines, but... <coughs> it's just weird to me that they would choose less variety, especially since we have uh, the new, the, the last round of Smash Amiibo coming out with Core and Bayonetta and Cloud and each of them have an alternate costume. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting because they put in extra work to make those um, and this is again again, I guess they're just going with what looks like their um, official artwork, from what I can tell, for for all of them, uh, for the it was time.
1: just it was too bad because like the Zelda amiibo. Correct me if I'm wrong, but that was announced directly before the Smash amiibo, and like the Smash amiibo just looks so cool. It has the the alternate you know, costumes for everything. Like you get your choice, and then you just kind of have like green on green on green over here. So. Maybe if they would have maybe given it some space from the, from the rest of the Smash Amiibo, that would have been one thing. It might have been a little bit cooler, but it just kind of only highlighted the lack of variety in the Amiibo.
2: I mean, and to be fair, though, for like, the, all the Link Amiibos, the fact that there are so many of them doesn't necessarily add up. Well, not add up, I should say. It doesn't go well, I should say. If that makes sense. Without like just the I mean, sheer number of them.
1: I just Yeah, I mean, that's a problem too. There's so many of them that it's it's hard to do different, like a variety of different ones. I think that Skull Kid was ripe for an amiibo. I still think he probably is, but... It just Personally,
2: makes... I think that should be... I'll explain later.
1: Well, it just makes me wonder why they needed more.
0: Because at this point... There's not there's still not a whole lot of use for amiibo. Like the only reason that you would get them right now is if in the game you could get like in the Breath of the Wild, that's what I'm talking about. You can get like Fierce Deities costume with Young Link or um mm-hmm. the Skyward Sword costume with Young Link or
1: something like that. It just doesn't make sense to me. Um otherwise. Well, I mean, I mean, you can get the Furious Judy costume with Young Link in Breath of the Wild. That it, like data miners a couple of weeks ago hacked in and found the code for all that there. Um, so you can get that. You can get his costume, and you can get that really cool looking DNA strand sword or whatever thing that he had. Mm-hmm. Um, in like and and Skyward unlocks, you know, that costume. I'm not sure what Twilight Princess unlocks. Probably just the Twilight yeah, Princess it's, costume it's that's the already there. Match. Yeah. Um, but, uh, so I'd I like, like, it's kind of cool, but I, I just think they, they kind of missed a cool opportunity to do something a little bit different.
0: It just seems to me like basically Nintendo's, they've, it's smart though on their part because they figured out how to make small paid DLC that you, that you, you buy physical purchase and then you have to basically play a game of chance to get the item you want in the game um mm-hmm. and so that's that's pretty smart on their part because they're not guaranteeing you a cap or a tunic they're guaranteeing you the chance for a cap or a tunic
1: it also adds you know uh replay value to breath of the wild because you can only scan them once a day mm-hmm. before it tells you to stop
2: yeah and at least until you also get all the <clears throat> items you want from the amiibos in which case after that they're I mean, they're useful for regular, like, for regular items you get from chests, like arrows, um, like food, etc., but at the same time, at that point in the game, like, just, like, there comes a certain point in the game where you just stop worrying about all that, where it doesn't get as mm-hmm. much value as it did before. Mm-hmm.
1: Now, there's a certain point where you just stop cooking. Yeah. That's yeah. Right
0: <clears throat> and that's, you know, it's, that's a, a kind of another discussion, too, talking about the replay value for Breath of the Wild um, in reference to amiibo, especially, um, but I I don't know. Like I I saw them in the direct, and I was like, oh cool, more Zelda amiibo. Um, and I didn't really give much thought of it until I started reading about what you said, Andy, and um, just thinking more about it, I was like, you know, this is kind of a missed opportunity here, um, for some diversity in the mm-hmm. Zelda line of amiibo. Like the only ones that are really really different are the
1: Breath of the Wild ones. Those are ones we don't. Yes. Like. Link's got a different tunic. Well, and, and like 8-bit Link sorry, eight Link looks really That's cool true. too yeah. in that design. I, th- I think the first wave of Zelda Amiibo were really cool, but if I was to do a second line of Zelda Amiibo, I think what I would have done is put Fierce Deity Link. I would have put um, the Link from A Link Between Worlds, and I would have had him in the wall. Mm-hmm. Uh, with like the and that was official artwork with the, with the Link standing beside him, kind of like the two D uh, Game and
0: Watch, just like a two D wall with Link. yeah, in.
1: yeah, or, or something like that. Or and like I, I probably would have done Skyward Sword, but I maybe would have just given him a harp or something, mm-hmm. or just you know just, just, something a little bit different. Because mm-hmm. I mean, every one of them is just Link holding a sword like this, and then Link holding sword like this, and then Link holding his mask like this. So
2: yeah, or even I don't know if you'd actually need the fierce deity Link because like. When you think about it, wouldn't the Skull Kid amiibo work just fine for Majora's Mask related gear?
1: Yeah, if I had my way, I would have I would have had Skull Kid for sure. But if we if we're gonna have to stick with Link, I would have done that. Well, I mean,
0: you definitely could, you could deity. still stick with a, do like a Fierce Duty and Majora um, combo pack like they did with Toon Link and Tune Zelda. Um, mm-hmm, that would be cool. They could have just stuck with that and. That way, in the game, in Breath of the Wild, you could get, like, Majora's Mask, or you could get, um, you know, something that's related to Majora, and then using the Fierce Deity, you get Fierce Deity-related items. Uh, it's mm-hmm. just it's just weird that they chose to do it this way, but it is Nintendo, and they don't have, like, the most, like... They, they know that they're going
1: to sell, yeah. right? Like Their practices don't make <laughs> sense to us, but to them, they're like, hey, we're just going to make money. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing that someone did say which i'll agree with is like as cool as it would be to see like a gruce amiibo or something <laughs> like that it's not going to sell as well as skyward Sword, Link probably will so i'm sure that's why they didn't do it i think i don't know if you could make that same argument for skull kid because i bet you a lot of people would buy that well you slap uh, zelda on anything and they're going to buy it
0: like it's not necessarily yeah. like
1: oh no something zelda is
0: not going to sell like major- that is true though that the that, that skull kid is more recognizable than gruce um but you also have to keep in mind that they have pandered to fans of like lesser series before so like we already have a shovel knight amiibo i'm not saying that series is lesser yeah. by any mean but it's not nearly as
1: popular as any of the other amiibo that they've released well i mean look at the big push that they're giving fire emblem oh, that yeah. has tons of amiibos and most of those are smash amiibos but you know it's got uh well the new sh- it's got a decent the new sh- they, yeah they've got those two new ones oh, coming the out shadows for the shadows
0: of game. valeria yeah and you have those, mm-hmm. and just it's still impossible to find Roy, Marth, Lucina, um, but y- you have like all these other amiibo, and then you have like the Chibi Robo amiibo. Yeah, and they, would they have Box Boy in Japan? Yeah, I think? they have. I thought it's coming here too. I may be wrong. Don't hold me to that one. But like they're they're not afraid to like branch out. And granted, those are being made by third party companies, but they're licensed through Nintendo. Um, like, Zeno Shovel Knight's Amiibo was actually being made, was, the company's defunct now, by the same company that was making the Disney Infinity toys. Oh, um, I really didn't know Yeah. That's cool. So, That's actually... they could produce them faster, whereas, you know, all of Nintendo's Amiibo are handmade. Um, mm-hmm. And so, the production's longer, they're they're harder to get your hands on, They're more expensive. Um, and so, it's not that they would have a problem selling it, I just think that they are weighing the costs and they're like well do we want link or do we want fierce deity and then they're like well link is more recognizable he's going to sell better so let's put him out and so that's what we end up getting because of their idea of where the market's going to go not saying that that's good i'm just saying that that's probably what their um, thought process was
1: and, and like, I mean, that's fine. They're a business. They have to make a buck at the end of the day. Um for fans it's you know, it's it's disappointing, at least to some of us. But like I mean I'm not like I'm not like, you know, chapped at, at the amiibos. I'm just like disappointed that they that they maybe didn't spruce it up a little bit or think a little bit more outside the box. I mean I'll like I'll be honest, I'll probably still buy them all. Mm-hmm. But um it would've been it would have been cooler to just have some Some variety because when I buy amiibos I buy them to collect them rather than to use them so you know uh, unless if if my shelf is full of what looks to be the same amiibo it doesn't it doesn't pop like visually the same way that all the variation might Mm -hmm.
0: that's 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 a good
1: point oh well I mean there's always uh, there's always still time for more amiibo so yeah, I don't think they're going to stop anytime soon Mm-hmm. We, we might hear some more
0: about them at uh, E3,
1: too. Maybe we could even get some uh, 30th Anniversary Metroid Amiibo. Yeah, no, it's, it's not going to
2: happen. <laughs> that would be nice not. if they did that. If they released a the 30th Anniversary Metroid Amiibo, they'd almost have to release like a Metroid game, or at least announce one. Metroid Prime which...
0: Federation Forces 2.
2: Yeah, no kidding. That's a safe word.
0: <laughs> God. So, we're pretty much all in agreement that on that one. We don't like the Amiibo in terms of what they're doing with them, but we'll probably still end up getting them anyways. That's the typical Nintendo
2: fan response. Mm -hmm. They're decent. They just could have been better.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't say I don't like them. They're they're okay. So on the website, we posted a daily debate uh, about two days ago, maybe, about the dungeons in Breath of the Wild and whether or not they hold up to other dungeons. Um, And I think we briefly talked about this at some point, um, might have been in the uh, script doctoring podcast, but mm-hmm. we talked mostly about Ganon there. Um, and so I kind of just want to, like, looking back retrospectively now that we've... Assuming, Jared, have you? how far are you in Breath of the Wild?
2: Uh, I'm collecting Korok seeds. So you and by that, I mean I haven't touched the game in three weeks because I'm not collecting the rest of the 400 Korok seeds. <laughs> have you beat the game? I
0: feel sure, yeah. Yes. Okay, good. So uh, let's talk about the dungeons then. Like, looking back on them, the dungeons and the bosses for the dungeons... Um, did did we think that they compared to other Zelda games? Um, were they, you know, let's just let's just talk about. It. I'm not gonna force hints on what I want to steer the conversation to. Uh,
2: Jared, you go first. Um, it's it's hard to say because they're defi- They definitely have plenty of their own puzzles. They definitely challenge you to think and use the individual mechanics per dungeon, like whether it's. Would it be a spoiler if I reveal, like, just one, like, said one mechanic, or... I don't no. think so. Okay, like, for the example of Va Mado, where, like, you have to tilt the wings so that, like, one wing may be higher, but the other one's lower so you can glide to it, or, like, it's a gravity-based puzzle, or that kind of thing. Those concepts, I like those as replacements for the, here's a dungeon item, here's a bunch of puzzles involving it, go wild. Because, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. like, they're all unique, and they're all still fun to do.
0: Yeah, and I think so. it's interesting because you mentioned those mechanics. That's what I really feel like. Like I feel like they built most of this game and, and like features like that around the gamepad for the Wii U, and then once they were porting to the Switch, they're like, we can't put this on the gamepad anymore because it would have made much more sense to have like that little screen at the bottom with a map where you can just tap on the gamepad, oh, well, I want to adjust it at 90
1: degrees or 45 degrees. Instead of yeah. pausing to that, get to that's the That's a good call. I never even thought of that, but that that totally makes sense. Yeah, yeah.
0: I, I just I just see a lot of the stuff in the game having to do with that. Um, like they made the excuse that you're walking around and you don't want to be looking down at a map the whole time, um, and I'm like, that's that's really not a good excuse because I really think that a lot of what was going on in the game was like, okay, well, the Shika Slate's supposed to emulate the Wii U gamepad, and the Wii U gamepad is the Shika Slate. And so you have the map in your hands and you're the one adjusting it physically as opposed to pausing the screen and doing it that way. Um,
2: I felt that would have made it more immersive and I actually would have liked that. Mm-hmm. But
0: they had to, they, as they've said, they, they don't want a quote unquote definitive edition of Breath of the Wild. They wanted there to be like no game core gameplay changes between the Wii U and the Switch version. Like, of course, there's frame mm-hmm. rate differences and graphical differences in comparison to the Switch and the Wii U, but if they had something like that on the Wii U gamepad, that would have been the definitive edition of the game. Um,
1: Absolutely. You can definitely tell that the Sheikah Slate was modeled specifically to be used for the Wii U gamepad. Mm-hmm. There's um, some,
2: some similarities between it and the Switch itself, though. That, that could yeah, be a sort
1: of That's true. You just don't get that second screen kind of ease of use, I guess. Yeah. Uh, And this is probably the only time I'll ever compliment the Wii U over the Switch. (laughs) Um, I think conceptually, the dungeons were brilliant, but in in practice, I don't know that they succeeded. Um, They were all relatively short, and they were pretty easy. Which, uh, which is because there is no enemies. There's like those little ghost things that floated around that you could... They had one HP, so... And the uh, uh, Guardian... Well, clearly you didn't take two guardian.
2: hours on Vaughn so. Yeah,
1: you, you would, you'd run into a Guardian every now and then, but there was no... I, I don't know. I, I never felt challenged um, during them. I think that the mechanic of the dungeon where you can switch um, the physics of the dungeon or whatever was a really good idea um but again i don't know in practice if it if it was executed as well i kind of i don't know i kind of suggested the other day uh, that, and that and i got a lot of flack for it that they made a that they might have went a little bit lighter on these dungeons knowing that there was 120 shrines that people could sink their teeth into and like i still stand by that a little bit um i think that the dungeons were were good they weren't great they didn't They they're not going to stack up to the the best in series. Um I don't think that only having four dungeons was necessarily a bad thing in this game because there can be too much of a good thing uh, yeah. with dungeons. <coughs> but uh I, I don't know. I, I think that like the the mechanic of just finding the the Sheikah stones and activating them was was neat, but I personally missed a little bit more of that progression and puzzle solving with the with the uh with the dungeons.
0: Yeah and The dungeons themselves were anti-linear. And being Mm -hmm. in the fact that you didn't have to do A to get to B, like you didn't have to activate one Sheikah Stone to get to the other one. You could do them all out of order. And so I feel like that's what they were really going for because the whole game is about doing it your way and figuring out how you're going to get from point A to point X. And so the dungeons were very open themselves um literally like there was they weren't closed off like you could walk outside of them um and there was always like i'm pretty sure some of the ways i solved a few of them or like one or two of them weren't weren't how you yeah, were supposed were to not do the it. ways i was supposed to do like i could almost guarantee that um and i i applaud them for that because that was that reflects the game well um it wouldn't have felt right if uh we entered the dungeon, and all of a sudden, we had a linear path progression. Um, but to me, I agree with you, Andy. I don't think that they stack up against other dungeons, and uh, just in in difficulty and in um, length, I guess. And I understand that they wanted to, they didn't want to pad out the game by having really long dungeons because they had all 120 shrines, and the open world itself was pretty much its own dungeon. Uh, mm-hmm. But Agreed. It it felt they felt lacking to me. Like I didn't feel accomplished after beating them. I was like this to me it felt like I was playing Ocean Horn. Um and if you've played that game, it's basically a top down it's it's like a Link to the Past or Phantom Hourglass or something. Uh it's it's a Zelda inspired game. Um but the dungeons are you know they're they're difficult and you can get stuck every like every so often. Um but they're pretty easy. And they're short. It's it's not supposed to be a long game. And that's what the dungeons felt like to me. They were short and they were easy. And they were more of a... Um, how do I say this? Not like a, an obligation, but kind of like that. Where you know this is something you have to do. Or you don't have to do it. You, you go through the game without doing any of the Divine Beasts. But in order to free mm-hmm. the Divine Beasts, you have to go through this dungeon. But we're not going to make it too long. And so then it, it suffers as a result of that. And like you said, the puzzles... Like they weren't once you figured out the the main mechanic and how to get it to work the way you
1: wanted it to, the game the dungeon was a blast. Like it do, do you know what the game. you know what the dungeons reminded me of? Hmm. Is like five shrines that were just jammed together in one big room. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Because each thing was its own was its own thing and you had to figure it out and there wasn't really any correlation between the two. And like and like that's fine, but like Again, the, when you when I think of it almost that way, I think of it almost as individual like little like basically the, I just thought of them as big shrines, you know. Yeah. Is what they felt like. I see that. Uh, and one, <laughs> one thing that I remember from the dungeons um, was that when you walked in, you would hear the champion of that respective beast tell you, um, "This is the thing that uh, that killed me a hundred years ago," and so. Uh, like I I was a big, like, first of all, they kept on repeating and giving you advice in your ear. So that was kind of annoying. So I didn't really like that. But then like, like I'm I'm thinking back to, to storytelling and the golden rule of like, show, don't tell. And so whenever you would walk in, you would be told that, you know, this, this boss had, you know, killed, killed the champions a hundred years ago, and then you would just cream it in like two seconds in the, in the boss fight. And so I don't know it just felt kind of, it didn't. It didn't hit like emotionally very well for me either, which is a, something that I remembered about the the dungeons.
0: It more of a formality than anything. I
1: mean,
2: yeah, pretty much. If you were decently prepared for the bosses, then you were just fine. I mean, if you're completely underprepared, then yeah, there will definitely be a challenge. But and unless you're a speedrunner or crazy, you're going to be going in with potions and a decent armor and decent weapons.
0: Well, yeah, mm-hmm. and, and the problem was for me is that the dungeons really posed no threat. Um, At no point, aside from the bosses, like, there's really no, like, at no point did I walk into the dungeon thinking, oh, man, you know, there's going to be some difficult enemies in here that I need to take out in order to defeat the puzzle. It's like, okay, there's probably three yeah. or four mini-guardians and then those eye things that you have to shoot with arrows or hit with your sword or whatever, and then that's it.
1: Then you killed all the enemies in the dungeon, and then you're free to roam about. Uh, yeah, I was more worried that I would fall off the bird than yeah. that something in the dungeon would kill me.
2: I was more worried that I'd run out of arrows trying yeah. to shoot the eyes, mm. which did happen, and that was fun to take True out. That.
0: Sometimes it was that more guy. difficult getting to the dungeons than it was beating them. Um, like, whenever we, uh, when you're riding, you know, sit on. And you have to you like go up the waterfalls for Rotala, um, or you're on your horse, or not the horse, the sand seals. Um,
1: I thought that was so fun. Like stuff like that. Sand seals were awesome. That was
0: slightly more difficult to me because like I hate sand seals in that game. They're just so hard to
1: control. I love
2: them. (laughs) They're so fun. What would have been awesome is if like there's kind of like an overworld. Like I know there's Muldugan but like it was like an actual like scripted sequence where they like j- or just chased you like you had to shoot it like as was chasing you and that's how you beat it, instead of mm-hmm, That'd be cool that anyway continue
0: yeah like um and then that's a funny thing that you mentioned too cuz we talked about how the Lionels themselves were more difficult than ganon fighting him at the very end they were more difficult a lot of the enemies were more difficult than the bosses of the game themselves um and you could you could say okay hinox is A boss, and you know, Mulduga is a boss, and uh, but a lot of the times I'd be taken out more likely to be taken out by enemies in the field than by a boss in the dungeon. Um, and yeah, you know, Mm -hmm. like within like a reasonable ratio, like I'm not saying like because there's thousands of enemies that I'm more likely to take, like comparing the two, I was more likely to be taken out by like a group of moblins than I was by you know wind blight Ganon and it just kind of fell flat for me because I was expecting you know kind of like you said like these are the things that killed all of the champions so they must be like terrifying it must be tough because yeah. Na- uh, Urbosa There's can literally call down lightning from the sky so mm-hmm. <laughs> if they're that tough that they can survive that and, and defeat her then you know how am I going to beat them but it just, they just kind of just fell flat. Like, like I said, they felt mm-hmm.
1: like a... the the first one I think um, is probably the toughest one for you, and then after that, like the you know you're laughing at them.
0: Mm-hmm. Like it, it, the the problem for me is uh, that they're just not memorable. Um, so like mm-hmm. I, I know everybody jokes about the water temple and stuff, but like that's memorable because of how difficult it was. And that's memorable because of the puzzles in it, the Dark Link fight. Um, and so like there's specific instances that you can reference in past Zelda games in their dungeons. that you're like, I remember this, and I remember this, and I remember this from this. Like One of my favorite things from the Wind Waker is in the Tower of the Gods the first time you, you fight the Dark Nuts in the mini-boss battle. Like, to me, that's one of my favorite moments in a Zelda game, period. Um, mm-hmm. Because I love fighting them. It's it's the closest I've ever, like, we got to sword fighting before Skyward Sword. Um, and to me, that's, that's a memorable moment that I look back and I'm like, okay, I can't wait to get to this moment when I'm replaying through Wind Waker. But I didn't have any of those in Breath of the Wild.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, I could walk you through almost every dungeon in Ocarina of Time from start to finish and tell you, you know, how they went. That's how, like, that's their impact on me. I could probably do the same for a lot of them in Majora's Mask and uh, and Skyward Sword too. Like, the, like these dungeons were fine. Mm-hmm. I remember them for the mechanic. I thought the mechanic was neat, but it wasn't utilized to its full potential. And, like, at like at the end of the day, like, I remember, I remember the shrine in Breath of the Wild, the gyroscopic one where you had to get the ball through the maze, and then, like, I just flipped it and got the, you know, that's what I remember from Breath of the Wild versus the dungeons that they had. Like, I remember some of the, some of the shrines more so than this. Mm-hmm. And that's not like, I mean, that's not like a bad thing. I mean, Breath of the Wild was built on having all these shrines for you to find and, uh, and explore. And clearly the emphasis was on exploration versus, you know, dungeon dwelling, um, yeah. which is fine. It just, it just means that like in terms of, in terms of dungeons, it's going to be somewhere in the middle of the pack. You know, it's not going to be, it's not going to be probably one thing that we're going to be talking about um, that was Breath of the Wild strengths in a couple of years. And yeah.
0: <clears throat> like I said, it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just something that we wish would have been explored more because mm-hmm. they were built up at the beginning of the game or in the story of the game um, to be like, you know, super important. And then they were kind of like a letdown. down. Um, and we've seen Nintendo do four, four single dungeons, right? And make the game big, like Majora's Mask. Yes. Yeah. Those were challenging dungeons, like yep. Snowhead Temple. Probably my least favorite temple in any Zelda
1: game. Um i don't know about that i just that's, I would that's not my favorite great though bay. but i'd say great yeah, i would I'd say, say great bay second. is worse than that um yeah but so like those four temples though they all had a really like elaborate build-up to them too and like breath of the wild kind of had an elaborate build-up in a sense where like you had to ride sit on you had to go sand sailing but like these ones really like you had to go and get all of the eggs from that uh from that little bay to get into Great Bay Temple. You had to um, you know, stop the the snow mountain from like there's just a lot of stuff that you had to do before you could actually set foot into these dungeons. Whereas for
2: Dame the King. Yeah. Which, yeah, yeah. So like, like the this Stone one Stone Tower is my favorite part of that oh, game.
1: I, I really like just... the uh I really like the Deccan Palace. The monkeys and stuff. <laughs> but so so for bad. Breath of the Wild, my first uh the first Divine Beast that I did was the Camel, I can't remember its name. And um and I went to the uh, Yiga clan fortress first and and got the helm back. So I was kinda of thinking that there would be something along that line that you'd have to do before every uh divine beast. And that's really the only one that had that before it. So it, it's you can you could absolutely make it succeed with four beasts, but it was just like after that one, it was just kinda of like you show up, it's not that challenging, you take over the beast control and then you leave. So I, that's why I think that the majority of mask ones, even though it had they had the same amount of dungeons, those are always going to be more uh, memorable yeah. for me.
0: So, so, yeah, yeah, I think we're again all in agreement with the dungeons. They were good, could have been better,
1: um, but again, we're not. Yeah, put them right beside the amiibo. Yeah, they're good. They could have been better. <laughs> I, yeah, mm-hmm.
0: but it's not Definitely. to say that the game is terrible. Yeah. We're not saying that Breath of the Wild is awful because of the
1: dungeons. We're just saying that- if if Breath of the Wild, like had a, a had a focus on dungeons and then they sucked or they were disappointing even, then that would be one thing. But obviously, Breath of the Wild's focus was was never on making you know elaborate dungeons. It was about exploring the open world. And in terms of open world, this game is head and shoulders above everything else. Mm-hmm. So
2: definitely makes me look forward to um, Nintendo stating that they the future of. Like, I think they, something along along the lines of, and don't quote me on this, that the future Zelda games will be in the style of Breath of the Wild, which I assume isn't, like, art style, but rather the open open world, world. like, like, the possibility to just skip the main quest, which was a feature I actually kind of liked. Yeah. But,
0: yeah. So, kind of speaking on to the future of The Legend of Zelda, then, uh... Let's talk about whether or not we think The Legend of Zelda should have an ending point. Um, Because we... Basically, The Legend of Zelda doesn't really have... It has a beginning, um, but there's really no end in sight, especially with three different timelines. Um, And no game has officially ended a timeline. Um, But what we've seen with past games, with other games, um, is that they've come to a head in a specific way that concludes them when we see stuff like uh, uncharted 4 uh which had mm-hmm. had the climactic and gosh that boss battle the final battle of that game gave me chills no no spoilers mm-hmm. I,
2: I have yet to play that game but i heard it was great mm-hmm, and, me too
0: and I'm, I'm just gonna technically in the timeline metal gear solid 4 was the last game in the series mm-hmm. um and the final boss battle for that game was also fantastic i might unbelievable it it i just love how it took you through each generation of the games um and the music was so great oh my gosh i, mean, I wish i had my ps3 so I could play that game um but you have these games that have like these climactic endings like that just end the series because they say we've told the story we want to tell and we're done with it um and then you have things like final fantasy that i don't think are ever going to end
1: <laughs> yeah but those are all self-contained oh, stories though Yes. Yes. they're
0: self-contained stories within a series um
1: but, but that it's easier yeah. to tell a narrative in that sense because you don't have some of the same characters coming over yeah. again and again so like sorry i'll I'll finish. no that.
0: i agree like i'm just talking about the game series in general it's probably never going to end um because they can do stuff like that mm-hmm. because final fantasy 7 isn't really related to six character wise and three four two one and then mm-hmm. so on past, you know, 15 now, um, they're not really connected like Legend of Zelda games are. Um, and we, right. of course, yeah. we've made the connections as fans for ourselves. Nintendo later reiterated them. Um, but it makes me wonder if the Legend of Zelda ever should ever have an endpoint. Like, there should ever be a game that either ties everything together or they just end specific timelines and focus on one... Um, which eventually ends, or if it should be another flagship title like Mario that just keeps going. Um,
2: so, what are, what are your guys' thoughts on that? Because I've been thinking about that a lot lately. The hard um, part is that, like for flagship titles like Mario, sure there are games that are connected, like like Galaxy and Galaxy Two, or um, like Super Mario Bros. One, Two, and Three, but like there's still not necessarily like a timeline for it. Mm-hmm. The case for Zelda, though, is that there is a timeline that Nintendo has officially made and that some fans hate, some fans love, apparently, but it's like it's like watching an anime series where it's like, you know it will end, but you don't want it to end, and neither do the creators really want it to end. It's weird, Like, like, am I making sense? Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Let, yeah. let me let me give my two let me give my two cents because i had a i had a head start over you jared i <laughs> i was thinking about this last night so i'll give you some time um so yes and no the series should end no the the, the video game series legend of zelda should never end i don't yes. think um there are certain aspects of the story that should never end i don't think that the triforce should ever go away the story of the triforce being passed down from link and zelda should ever go away um demise's curse, I don't think, should ever go away. And and with those fundamental things intact, I uh, flip my over to yes, it should end. There should be like I, I would make the case that you retire Ganon and Ganondorf, like immediately from the series. Uh, I think they should have done it in Breath of the Wild. Um because every time that he comes back and you defeat him. Uh, he keeps it, it, like every time that he comes back, it takes away from the moment of, it takes away from the impact of the ending of Wind Waker, the ending of Twilight Princess. Yes. Um, so it, and if he keeps coming back and coming back and coming back, it takes away from the fact that you've just saved Hyrule yet again. Mm-hmm. So you need to give that character some closure. Um, and I know that some people out there are going to say like, well, Bowser keeps coming back and King K. Rool keeps coming back, but those are K. those K. are characters that are. Yeah, those are those are comical characters, right? That that don't need um, like tons of credibility to be effective villains. Like those series are much more gameplay based. Mm -hmm. So I I just feel like like if like every time that you keep bringing Ganon or Ganondorf back, it takes away from from what you've done before. Um, So what like like I would use Metroid as a pretty good example of, of maybe what I would think of doing with the Zelda timeline, because you have you have Metroid 1, Metroid 2, Metroid 3, which tells the story of Mother Brain and the, the baby Metroid, right? And that's kind of it's kind of wrapped up at the end of Super Metroid where Samus defeats uh, Mother Brain. The, the baby Metroid comes in and zaps her life away, and then that's done. You then go over to Metroid Prime. That starts a new storyline with a new villain of Dark Samus, which is also Metroid Prime. So that character has a definitive ending at the end of Corruption. So you can still... Like you can still keep the series going and and build up new new ways to tell the stories. Like maybe like maybe imagine imagine Twilight Princess if it was just Sand the whole time and he was the main villain. Like you can build up that villain and maybe you have you know, that maybe the game is done or maybe his story is done in that game, maybe it's maybe it's a series of games or whatever, but you can definitely keep it going while still keep um Innovating and keeping it fresh. Well, that was one of
0: people's main complaints about Twilight Princess was the fact that for most of the game, Zant was the villain, and then they were like, "Just kidding, it's Ganondorf." And so it underscored Mm -hmm. Zant the entire game.
2: Like, how would I, how I would fix that game would be like the idea of okay, Ganondorf he he was killed, but like he saw like like Zant's promise and says, you know what? You have the you have this power. Go do what I like. Finish what I start, And Dan's like, yes, I'll I'll do that. And then a part that really ruined him for me was his encounter in the Twilight Palace, because it was like, wow, this guy was terrifying. Like this this is going to be a. It's probably going to like a big boss battle, and then he's like, I'm I do yoga. I'm a, a crybaby. Yeah, was yeah, a really just, weird fight. It, <laughs> I. It, I like how it kind of added to his character, but at the same time, it, I wouldn't have because it just completely clashed against like his earlier things where he was just menacing, like he cursing Midna twice, cursing Link, like cursing all of Hyrule. Like that's that, that's what made him a great villain, and now it's like he's there and now he's dead. Yeah. I, I... Oh, and by the way, there's this Gerudo guy that somehow took over Hyrule Castle. Go kill him.
0: Like I, 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 never actually thought of it that way, Andy. When you talked about how it underscores what you did in the last game, um, because it's it's kind of like, well, what did, what did that mean? Accomplish? Yeah, what did that accomplish? Yeah. It's kind of like, and I'm not saying like, this is this is a lot more convoluted and complicated than I want to make it sound. But it's like when heroes die in comic books and then they come back, like maybe the next
2: five issues later.
0: Well, not not even five issues. It could even be like the next round of comics like i know that they rebooted the series mm-hmm. with dc with um the new 52 and then they had rebirth um and so there were a lot of changes there uh which i love <laughs> rebirth is great but <clears throat> it underscores the death of that character when they come back um especially if, exactly especially if they've had a, an impactful ending like i think the ending to wind waker was one of the most impactful things um easily in in the one of the most impactful endings in the Zelda game because it was like I'm ending yeah, this was, yeah. I'm ending this and now Hyrule is dead and then that was the end of the, the master sword that was the end of Ganon or Ganondorf and that was the end, that of, was Hyrule. The end
2: of Hyrule and
1: like that. can had... see I would argue that should have just closed that timeline you know yeah I, like I I guess Phantom Hourglass didn't really have anything to do with Ganon and whatever so that's fine but like for for as far as that goes, like that timeline is complete. Anything, anything that you do, you're gonna just be taking away from that moment, uh, which is yeah, like one of the best in well, the series.
2: Another thing is that like we know that there are only there are a lot of unique villains in the Zelda franchise. We have Vadi, we have um, Bellum from Phantom Hourglass. We got the demons. We got all these other villains. And then it's like there's like there's demise at the beginning as, like, King of the Demons, it's like, okay. But, like, how do you explain, like, all these other, like, kind of godly entities, like the Ocean King, or I don't know, I'm I i have I'm going with the adult time, that's the only one I can think of right now. The Ocean King, or the, Lo, or the Locomo, or all these. It's like, where did they come from? How did these other entities rise to power? How did all this happen?
0: Yeah, it's just kind of... There, there's a lot more to be explored than just Ganondorf. Um, yeah.
2: And you know, it, it Like, if there was like a Sheikah thing where it's like, okay, like after De- after the death of Demise, like there was a power struggle between all the demons and like all split off into different factions. Like one went off like and that was uh whatever his name was in um spirit tracks. Like another went off and like like transformed into Vadi after a while. Like that that'd be like, oh, like here's like our connection to all that. Mm-hmm. that that's why
1: I'm a really big fan of using Demise's curse as a as a plot point going forward rather than like um you know just bring it back in and continually over and over again. I'm I'm not like I'm not as hardcore on the timeline as a lot of guys. I think that you you can just uh you know, you can probably make it work however you want to do it. But um but yeah, like if, if you if you do that, you're gonna build up fresh villains, you're gonna build up fresh characters, and you're gonna build up fresh stories um that'll kind of because i mean you, you can only do link versus ganondorf for so long and nintendo to their credit has been pretty selective in the amount of appearances that ganondorf has had because mm-hmm. he only had what like three yeah but then like they're, they're a lot less protective with ganon because he's usually trotted out at the end of <coughs> most games to be fought and like like I, one of the most popular you know legend of zelda games is majora's mask and imagine if they had built up that to to be you know something that could carry the fu- the franchise forward instead of just kind of a one-off game so like they can definitely do it uh and I hope they do
0: yeah it's 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 complicated because they've dug themselves into a hole with this timeline thing um and so if they wanted to end a specific timeline then they'd have to make it an entire game for that one timeline and then end it And then, if they wanted Mm -hmm. to end another one, then they'd have to do the same thing to keep one going, Um, or they could just say we're ignoring all of that and making a a game that has nothing to do with the timeline, and that would piss a lot of people off. I don't think Nintendo's going to do that, but I'm sure that it would. They actually, they, they 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 they've dug themselves into a hole here, and where they have to like where they. Not necessarily subconsciously anymore, because with Breath of the Wild, they they made it pretty clear where it fell in the timeline, um, and they were like
2: some debate over whether or not it's before, or after, four swords adventures.
0: Yeah, but they they they're basically like, well, this is where the the game is. It's 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 here. Like you're gonna find out on the timeline, um, and so in terms of like ending this series, like it's possible. It would just take a lot more work than they, like, want to put into it, I think. And, you know, that's kind of on them, but that's also, you know, partly our fault as fans for, you know, putting... Well,
1: when you talk about ending the series, too, you're probably talking about, like, the ultimate battle, like, with Demise to break his curse forever, right? So, there's nothing to say that you can't do that and then go back and just tell another story that's completely different or somewhere else because i mean uh like the first legend of zelda is one of the last Zelda games in the in the timeline yeah you know yes um so i mean there's nothing to say you know it's, it's the series has never been in chronological order so i mean you could do that and like end the series mm-hmm. and then you know still keep going
0: well what i imagine that they would do and this is probably not going to happen but the perfect way to end the series would be to do something like they did in hyrule warriors where all the different realities converge um Based because of something. And so you have, you know, Ocarina of Time and Skyward Sword and Twilight Princess and Link to the Past and all these different realities, Toon Link and stuff, kind of converging into one like broken mess of timelines where there's the final battle with with Ganon or whatever evil you want to have. Um and that'd be, in my opinion, the perfect way to end the series. Honestly, they could have ended it like they could have had more of a hand in, in Hyrule Warriors, put that at the end of the timeline, and then just drawn a line to where they all converged there. And then that way they would have had a definitive ending, and they could have inserted games, you know, in, in other parts of the timeline wherever they wanted. Um, and been like, this is the end. This is where the series ends, because all the timelines converged, and, you know, the the curse was laid to rest, but we can still have freedom to move within these boundaries we've made for ourselves. Um and I don't think that that's gonna happen, but that's just a fanboy stream right now. But it's it's tricky because, like you said, we don't want it to end, but we 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 want it to have a like a
1: fulfilling conclusion.
2: Yes, mm-hmm.
1: and, and I Nintendo
2: think he, I
0: think you can done. still
1: do that without like ending the series. Um, you know, like I was I was satisfied at the end of uh, Metroid Prime Three when you know. Um, when Dark Samus was defeated once and for all, like, like that's a like the, I'm I'm okay with that kind of closure and like that that particular arc is over or like or like Mass Effect right when you when you finally defeat the Reapers at the end of of Mass Effect three and then you can go to Andromeda after like they can they can always do something like that and and keep it going like the series does never have to stop but yeah. at some point you need to pay off to your stories.
0: Yeah, because right now they're just kind of recycling the same. You know, somehow the villain always mm-hmm. gets resurrected and whatever he did in the last game doesn't really matter because he's gonna
1: come back and he's going to well, and not even a villain, like like Ganon. In yeah, particular. Ganon. That and so that's why I think like I I would have I would have retired him in Breath of the Wild, and if they're not gonna do it then I would do it in the next game. Yeah. What
2: I would do is I would bring Ganondorf back, but he's not the reincarnation of previous Ganondorfs, if that makes sense. Or rather, like, yes, there is a Ganondorf, but he's not the villain. He's just the leader of the Gerudo. Sure he might not like sure he might carry some characteristics of his previous incarnations, but he's not like, dude, I'm I'm not the villain. I'm here to help you, defeat whatever this guy is. Like that that would be cool, in my opinion.
0: And granted, this is Nintendo's first foray into a real story driven um Legend of Zelda uh game, like where there's an actual Concert.
1: Yeah.
2: Well, well, debatable.
1: You, on. I, I, Skyward I Sword story. had the best story of any Zelda game. I'll, I'm going to throw that. I'll agree there. that it
0: has a, that it was story based. Um, it was heavily story based, so I'll, I'll retract this statement. But Breath of the Wild was their first foray into a big cinematic story. We'll put it that way. Yes. Um, where you had like fully voiced characters, even though they weren't always fully voiced, um, and then you had like a final climactic battle and i put that in air quotes if you've heard us talk about the final battle with ganon before um but Mm -hmm. there's like it was it was new for them to explore this and so they're balancing all of these balls while they're juggling this game um and so naturally you know one one area is gonna lack while another area succeeds which is what we saw with the dungeons and the overworld um i just really like the because they're, they're talking the DLC that's coming up in December or winter is that uh, it's going to have its own original story and we don't know what it's going to be, we don't know what it's going to look like but the idea of, of them investing stupid. more in stories excites me because honestly I think that Nintendo I think Metroid Prime was like severely underrated in terms of its story uh for mm-hmm. the, for that for the entire Nintendo like as a whole. Especially Metroid Prime 3 had voice acting. Um there were characters and I was like, "Wow, I think this is that was I think that was my first realization I was like, "Wow, this is a uh, this is heavy. This is pretty deep." Um in terms of like, character deaths and stuff. I'm um, sorry, spoilers for that game if you if you've never played <laughs> Metroid Prime 3. Um
2: I probably won't. You should. Oh
0: yeah, it's fantastic. Get the trilogy on the Wii U. Like it's amazing.
2: I don't I have a Switch, not a Wii U. No. <laughs> I have a Wii and a GameCube emulator. Yeah. You can get it on Wii actually. Yeah, it's just a little bit more expensive. If mm-hmm. if the Wii shop still works. Uh, I don't you, you'd have to buy physically. A
0: but that's that's one of the examples of Nintendo like venturing out into story where it paid off. And they've obviously done that in Breath of the Wild and it paid off immensely. Um, you can always debate about whether or not you think that Skyward Sword's story paid off because um, there are people that don't like it, there are people that do like it.
1: Yeah, I will Sky defend
2: is. Skyward Sword to the death. I know. You and Nate will. I'm ambivalent. I'll defend Skyward Sword. Like, I definitely had shortcomings, but it was still, in my opinion, great game, great story.
0: Man, it was a wonderful game. Yeah. But in terms of ending the series, I think that there is a possibility that it could, that there are possible ways to do it. I just
1: don't know if Nintendo would anytime soon, though.
2: Mm-hmm. Probably not.
1: I I feel like I hope that they end certain things about the series, and I feel like they are probably more likely to do that than, uh, kind of what like you guys are maybe describing. But um, but yeah, I don't know. I I hope they do because you know, like I said, you can only fight Ganondorf so many times.
0: Yeah, before it loses its luster, and it just kind of like, mm-hmm. oh, look, it's Ganondorf again! Yay. They could
2: play Ganondorf again but they'd have to I guess they'd they'd have to give them what I'm just going to dub the Breath of the Wild treatment which is like how they like much how in the game they refreshed Link and Zelda with like just really eh, really giving them more personality if that makes sense. Definitely in Zelda's case. Well I guess maybe not for Link so much though you could still I would uh, say that Link had more in mm. like it's not an issue of ganondorf's
1: personality for me like i mean he's he got his character fleshed out a lot in wind waker and then a lot in twilight princess but like so imagine not really in twilight princess well not not so much but like you see that kind of cool scene of him uh, dying or whatever well, but i think uh, definitely wind waker
0: yeah wind waker was probably the most characterization we've seen for ganondorf period mm-hmm.
1: so imagine though that you know you're playing final fantasy 7 um, you've just you know, you've just seen Sephiroth uh, you know, say hello to to Ares and then <laughs> at the end of the game you 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 beat him and it's this heavy battle and you've got that wicked theme playing and like you omni slash him and he's he's done, you know. You've given him his him his comeuppance and then he shows up in Final Fantasy Eight. But, and then he shows up in Final but Fantasy Eight with 9, completely written. different
0: characters that have no recollection of who he is.
1: Yeah, and he and he just he just keeps getting beat again yeah. and again and again. Like he he starts he starts to lose credibility as a threat and as a villain, right? Like Ocarina of Time gave Ganondorf a ton of credibility as a villain by having him rule over, you know,
2: Hyrule for uh seven for, for 7 years. Yeah, and um, even like see after effects of it. Like mm-hmm. he cursed the Deku tree, he froze his domain, he Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like
1: he I think he did a lot of he bad released stuff at least a
2: thing from the Shadow Temple. So, and just took residence and continued. I feel,
1: I feel like every time that you see Ganon or Ganondorf after that, um, and you beat him, and he just keeps coming back, and you beat him, he just loses some of that credibility that was built
0: up. It lessens the effect of his character. Um, mm-hmm.
1: It lessens the effect of you defeating him.
0: Well, it's it's like especially with new characters, like a new Link and a new Zelda each time. Whereas if it was, if in Majora's Mask, at the end of the game, or even like a a special side quest, you end up fighting Ganondorf again, let's say. Um, Mm -hmm. And at that point, you know, there's recollection between Link, uh, with Link and and Ganondorf. He's like, oh, I thought you were gone, or oh, you know, I have to imprison you one last time. Like, I'm glad Ganondorf wasn't the final boss of Majora's Mask. I'm saying like a side quest or a side story. Um, Mm -hmm. But it 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 lessens the fact, impact the more you see him but it also lessens the impact that the characters really don't know who he is and it's like you're having to you're having to re-learn who he is with the characters each game they're like who's Ganondorf well Ganondorf was the king of the Gerudos a long time ago and then they tell the yeah. whole story again it's like oh well I didn't know this um, mm-hmm. And so, like it, it,
2: a simple game option of, do you know the story of Ganondorf, King of Evil? And it's like, yeah. Then it's like, okay, okay, I won't say it again, though.
0: Well, it's just it. Every time, I, I understand because it's it's you know you could treat the Legend of Zelda series kind of like you could treat Cowboy Bebop, where each episode and each entry in the series is its own standalone thing that relates to the other episodes or relates to the other games in the series. But there's really no like, like central plot that really needs to be followed until like later on which is what Breath of the Wild pretty much was was the central plot later on um, and you know that could be good or bad depending on it but if, if they had just recycled Vicious and Cowboy Bebop over and over and over again the, the, the main antagonist of the show then it would have gotten tired and you know overused mm-hmm. um, especially if he was defeated so easily each time um, especially like it was in Breath of the Wild. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I agree with you, India. That is that is a point I've never thought about before.
1: That's just, that that's what I think of immediately when I when I say like, um, you know, I like I would love to see more villains kind of built up to have. I, I don't know. I just I always come back to this thought that I had that there would be a, a Breath of the Wild character appearing in the Smash Bros. port and uh, for for Switch and see it on like. It. Yeah, well like I was just like <laughs> who in this game is going to is going to be a viable enough character to appear in there? Like nobody. And I like I'd kind of assumed there was a villain. So that always struck me as like I was like wow, like they haven't really built up a lot of like credible characters in a long time like yeah. for for inclusion. So, you know, they've kind of went halfway with well, uh Jir-Him and with Zant, but like not really all the way. Well, do you have characters like uh, you know, in the
0: handhelds with like Yuga um and mm-hmm. and all those new bosses, but for the most part, the mainline series has stuck to Ganondorf, or the mainline on consoles has stuck to Ganondorf, um, or an incarnation of Ganon, which would be demise, uh, or vice versa. Um, I mean, demise
2: at least was interesting; like it, it was unique. Well, I thought demise was great. Yeah, no, he's yeah. great. I, th- I thought
1: that's how you segue away from Ganondorf actually, and then Breath of the Wild kind of ruined that.
0: Yeah, but it's it's interesting that they always diversify the villain in the final boss of the handheld games i mean you could kind of like debate with yuga a bit because he kind of like takes on the form of ganon but that's though it's
1: still in essence yuga yeah it's still yuga Mm, i I would say that that's that's a unique final boss yeah that's
0: it's, it's unique um and it's just weird that they choose not to do that on consoles um but again, they're getting more story-oriented with their village of Zelda games. And so we're seeing more and more variations in, in how they tell those stories and uh, the characters of those stories. Um, and who knows what the next Zelda game, or even the next story for the DLC is going to be about and how they'll expand upon that um, and what it's going to be about. Um, Do we think we're
2: seeing a trailer for the story DLC at E3?
0: Probably not. I think so. I think
2: we I'd might. Say no. I uh, Probably a trailer in the fall, but probably not during E three. I don't think it know. comes out
0: what Christmas. It comes out in winter, but that's why I don't yeah. think we'll see anything mm. about it because we're gonna see the new dungeon or whatever it is for the new for the first part of the DLC, and then later on we're gonna hear about the story. Um, the dungeon's part of the, the same summer DLC. DLC?
2: I'm pretty sure it was part of the winter DLC with the story. I think I think it is. I is think sum, summer was hard mode in Cave of Trials. Yeah, that's right. Um, Don't quote me on that if I'm wrong.
0: I think I think you're right. Um,
1: That sounds right to me.
0: Yeah, hard mode and uh, something else. Um, Yeah, but I think we'll see. I mean, I want to. Cave of Trials, you're right. And a new feature for the in-game map. Mm -hmm. I mean, we might see it. I'm just I'm just skeptical because of how (laughs) tight-lipped Nintendo has always been about this game.
1: And, yeah. I I guess I have a lot of other stuff to show too. They have Mario Odyssey there. They probably don't need to to show it there. Yeah, I hope they yeah. do
2: though. Maybe that's that maybe that Pokemon is. game that's supposedly rumored for the Switch, but Oh, that'd be so good. Oh, just show me Dude,
0: would... just show me uh the new Fire Emblem game and Fire Emblem Warriors and I am a happy camper.
2: <laughs> mm, yeah. Some show yeah. me a Metroid sequel.
1: Yeah, man. Metroid. God.
2: God, fans have been asking for it for so long. Give it to I, us. Like,
1: I, I love Metroid, and they—they they just like they missed so many boats on this series to turn it into a big Zelda-like series. And ugh.
2: well, yeah, exactly
1: before put, like, before I get going. But yeah. Well, Zelda-like in <laughs> the success of Zelda. I mean, <laughs> okay, I fair enough.
0: I think huh. uh, I think that's about it for today. We've hit all the topics that we were gonna hit.
2: Um, well, actually, so if I just get something off my mind real quick, just related to building it. off like a new villain, like what I wouldn't mind for say like a story element in any future Zelda game would be that, like much like how in the Link Between Worlds how you meet Yuga early and you're easily defeated, what I wouldn't mind is if like we had a Breath of the Wild style game, but like one of your first missions like you're still a royal guard for Zelda like that's when she's actually alive there instead of. You know, sealed being trapped somewhere. and sealed in Ganon for a hundred years, but rather it's like, hey, this guy's attacking the castle, like, go and get it. Like, you can go through most of the regular enemies, but then when you get to him, like, it's scripted so that you cannot beat him, like, and he does, like, overwhelming, overwhelmingly overpower you. Like, not where it's like, oh, it's always like, oh, he's meant to be- beat me, but it's like, you, it appears as though you could beat him if you really tried, but he's still, mm-hmm. like, basically turn into, like, like, some super hard Dark Souls boss or something like that.
1: One of my favorite games of all time, Skies of Arcadia, has two instances where you fight the
2: boss and it's an unwinnable battle. Like... Kind of like life. <laughs> yeah. Because, like, much. an unwinnable battle in a Zelda game would be odd, definitely. I can definitely see some people probably hating it. But at the same time, it would definitely build on the story aspect as well as give the villain credibility for... One, like, he, he beats you without, like, breaking a sweat into, like, maybe even taking over, like, Hyrule again, which we haven't seen that before, have we? Yeah, I'd be fine with that.
1: Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. That's all I got to say.
0: All right, cool. So thanks for joining us this week, Jared.
2: Thank you for having me.
0: No problem. So, uh, I think that's it for this week. We will see you guys same time uh next week hopefully um uh, this week i don't know when this podcast is going to get out but it'll get out before the end of the week i have a lot to do this week it's not even funny, but it'll be out you'll be able to listen to it and by the time Good you luck that message you'll have heard the entire podcast so it won't bother you awesome it'll bother me all right thank you guys see you next week see you guys bye